Welcome everyone to the Analytic Mind podcast by Enterprise DNA. This is a podcast which dives into a range of different ideas and tips to empowering a data-led culture within organizations. We want you to develop the analytic mind to create immense value for yourself and your teams. Okay, welcome everyone. Welcome to the Analytic Mind podcast. I'm here with Alec Thompson today and I'm uh, really excited about this conversation. Alex has a wealth of experience across actually a wider range of government and also private enterprises over a long time period in the analytics space and currently I believe working at O'Reilly Auto Parts, so large large sort of retailer and probably e-tailer, I presume now, in the States as the Director of Data Strategy. So really looking forward to diving into, into this chat. Why don't I just throw you, Alex, and you just give us a better overview of your experiences and, and what you're up to now, and, and then we can just take things from there. Yeah, sure. Thanks a lot, Sam. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you know, I've been really fortunate to have a, a number of different experiences in the I would say data and analytics space. So I've worked for the federal government, U.S. federal government. I've worked with U.S. forces and other armed forces around the world. A lot of combat zones, I've done that work. I spent some time, yeah, I spent some time as a data scientist, did that for a few years, working primarily, again, for the federal U.S. federal government and for retailers. And then I sort of moved more into to the management space. So I've led some data engineering teams, helped write and implement data strategies strategy in a couple places. So I've, I've had, I've been really fortunate to, you know, really work on the ground, right? Like see the value of data and making really split decision type options and then working my way up to sort of lead teams and help build and implement strategies around data and analytics. Nice. Nice. No, so that's, I mean, that's great. There's just, there's so much we can dive into here. The first thing that sort of comes to my mind that would be interesting to, to go into, I think is how, how do you see from within, within a government, how, what level of importance is being placed on data? Is there a recognition of the value that data and analytics can bring in that space? And, and also maybe sort of the the military? Yeah, yeah, so this takes me back a little ways, but one of my favorite stories to tell, you know, I, I did my PhD in Middle Eastern studies, actually. I studied Arabic and religious studies, et cetera. So mm -hmm. not computer science or, I do have a master's in chemistry, so I've studied math and science for a long time, but, you know, my PhD is Middle Eastern studies. So I went to Iraq to work with the U.S. Marine Corps. And I went there as a cultural anthropologist. And when I went there, I was sort of sitting around talking about, you know, Middle Eastern history and the Quran and, and how we needed to have better relationships. And the Marines, it, you know, it was just too much. I was in too much detail. But what I started to do was to take what I knew from my education. And I found a bunch of surveys that had been done in the communities where we were working. So I started building a Microsoft back in the day, a Microsoft Access database. I made it searchable. I started started building maps in ArcGIS and I started bringing quantitative data to, you know, colonels and generals in the United States Marine Corps and it clicked for them. Those maps, those charts, those diagrams helped them put together what they, the bits and pieces of information they were getting from their subordinates and then put it into a picture that allowed them to say, I can make better decisions. And at that point, they started coming to me and saying, hey, can you do this? What about this? We need an answer in this area. Can you help us move there? So, you know, when it comes to the military and the federal government, uh, I've seen the same thing. You know, the ability to take massive amounts of data, which can be distributed across, you know,
know, the world or, you know, a country and bring it in a way that they can make a decision is really powerful. That's so fascinating. And yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of relatable to, to all businesses, right? Is that if you can make things visual and, you know, we're all, we are in, you know, in reality, all visual beings and we, we ingest information so much better when it's in a visual form. And, you know, that, that, that's a perfect example of how that is, but, you know, you could say that's just feels to me like you could say the same for any business, right? Is that if you can extract the data, you can, you can, you can mine it and transform it and then produce some sort of visual that tells a good story, you know, you're going to get a lot more buy-in. Yeah. I mean, we talk about, you know, the ability, sometimes we get really wrapped around the axle. I was just talking about this in a meeting, actually, where someone will ask, what's the number? What's the metric? You know, what are sales? What is inventory? What is, you know, all these questions. And if, if you think about that game, like whisper down the lane where one person whispers to another person to another person. And by the time you get to the end, the meaning has changed. And, you know, if you have your CEO or your general who says, I want to know this number, the context around that conversation can get lost. Why does that person want to know that number? What decision are they actually trying to make? And so I'm thinking about the, you know, sort of dashboarding or visualization theory. Sometimes we get lost in the, okay, well, this number goes here and that kind of chart goes there. And we lose sight of the context around those questions. And it happens the same thing when we think about data science. And we're so focused on whether I should use a decision tree or a support vector machine or, you know, AI. And, and we may lose sight of the actual context, the, the business value that's coming out of this. And data science can be data engineering, data architecture, all these things that are really important to getting to the answer to those questions loses the context. And that's when we have that disconnect between the decision sciences, I'll say, and like the business choices that need to be made. Nice. Yeah. I, I again, like, really like that example. And, and it also highlights to me that sometimes you can get these surface level metrics and what's possible now is you really want to look beneath those. So you, so your simple metrics like sales and costs. Yes. Okay. They're, they're, they're great to showcase, but to get, to generate real value, I think you have to maybe look in behind those things and see what is actually driving those numbers. You know, within one metric such as sales, there's so much that could drive that or, or so many additional insights, additional context that could come with that. It could come with say, okay, well, which customers are driving these sales? What's the growth rate of these sales? And it just goes on and on and on and on. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's how that's, if you, if you can look deeper than sort of, sort of just the surface layer and bring that additional context, that's how you're going to get much yeah. greater value out of your efforts. I would, I would, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, if we think about something like sales, I mean, obviously you're going to want to know your high level sales, right? But what if the organization has a strategy around activating specific sectors? of their base, right? Or they want to be able to engage with a community that they have never engaged with. Only seeing that high level number doesn't align with the corporate strategy, right? And so if you lose the context of how this metric ties into the strategy, long-term strategy, viability of the company, right? Company growth, et cetera, then you can, can miss the value in the breadth of analytics. Yeah. Now I'd love to dive into a bit more of the, the, the data strategy because you've, you've got a lot of experience 
experience in that. And you know, how do you how do you go about building up a data strategy? So in some of the in some of the projects that you've that you've worked on, maybe current or, or or historic, what if you're starting from a pretty low base, you know, a pretty where where there wasn't really a, a solid strategy in place? What are the sort of what are the things that you look to or look to find or look to collaborate with people on you know, to really get that kick started? Yeah, I mean, so this is a great segue from what we were just talking about. And to, there, there are a couple of things that are really important when thinking about a data strategy. There's more than a couple. There's a few. I'm going to mention two, and I don't know which order they go in. These two things to me are very important. One is executive sponsorship. It is mm. critical that the senior folks in the organization understand the value of a data strategy and that they champion it as a way of driving business decisions, right? It's not just like, oh, we're going to institute some technology. We're going to, we're going to hire a data scientist. She's going to solve all of our problems. You know what I mean? It's not just something or some person, but that the idea of building a strategy around data and analytics is, is essential to the growth of the organization. So that, that's the first thing. The second thing for me in organizations where I've worked, it's actually been very helpful to start off with, though not end, start off with being very project focused. So what is the organization already involved in, in terms of a project, an initiative that they know is going to bring business value? And then what are the data and analytics components to that project? I'll give you an example. I worked for an organization that was making a massive ERP, enterprise resource planning implementation, going from one platform on-prem to another platform in the cloud. And so it, it's fairly easy to start to think about how does data and analytics play there? The whole, you know, the on-prem environment wasn't completely going away. It was just going to be some parts. So that means that there's data that's parts of your data analytics strategy. Can you implement around that? Some of the data science work that we were doing on-prem had to be re-engineered because of the way that it was built on-prem wasn't going to work between on-prem and in the cloud. That meant that you were going to have to start to introduce new services in the cloud, right? And so that identified probably three to five components of the environment tied to this initiative that we could then say, what's our strategy around, you know, a hybrid environment? And so then we just start to, to tie specific pieces to that. Nice. And so what do you think are the best strategies to get executive sponsorship quickly? And, and are you seeing and have you seen any pushback? Yeah, I mean, so the strategies for me that tend to work is in, you know, telling the story around the amount of time and effort it takes to build things like month-end and year-end reporting as just one example. If you think about the amount of time it takes to collect all the information through your finance department, your loyalty, get all the numbers that you need to do your month-end reporting. You're talking about tens of hours that that can take. Or if you have other sort of regular reporting in your organization and you find teams, which I've seen regularly, teams to spend 80, 120 hours a month redoing the same report over and over and over again. One of the things that data strategy should do is to decrease, if not eliminate, those inefficiencies. Because you say here is, again, this is just one component of a data strategy. You would say something like, here is 80% of the usage of our enterprise data warehouse, our enterprise data model, our master data, our product, whatever it is, right? This is 80% of the usage. And it takes X number of hours to actually 
make that data usable, our data and analytics strategy is going to allow us to reduce that by, who knows, 60, 80, 40%, whatever it is. Things like that can really resonate with, you know, senior executives. Or if you say that you're able to, you know, use technology to automate access to data that otherwise is manually, that's the only way to access it. So to me, sort of reducing the amount of work that's required for people to get access to their data is a, is a really good way to start to get people to buy into the idea of a data and analytics strategy. Yeah, I, I think. I, I, it, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, you go. You go. You know, I think one of the mistakes that can be made is to say we need to spend a lot of money and a lot of time to build a data and analytics strategy. And my recommendation is always to start small, right? Start with something that you can get your hands around and internally. There are tons of resources out there that you can sort of get your hands on to start thinking about the components of a data strategy. And, and that's my recommendation is to start small in a way that the organization already cares about. And that's what I meant when I said pick up project or initiative that's already underway. It will almost certainly have some data and analytics component to it. He's that out and then help draw the roadmap, which is another way of thinking about a strategy, the roadmap in the people, process, technology, and data components. I think you've made some really good points there. And one of the ones is what was what you just mentioned about, you know, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a huge spend. I think maybe 10 years ago, it was all about these huge investments in, in uh, ERP systems and 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 all, all and, and all the tools just cost a lot more money. But now, but now you can do so much for less than say, you know, a thousand dollars. I mean, even even less than that if, if you wanted to just build something that you could iterate on in the in, in the future. And I think that when I still get the feeling that when organizations think about data, they they continue to think, oh, this is this is gonna cost us millions of dollars. This is going to be a huge project. We're going to have to throw a lot of resources. But there is there is ways to kickstart things, to really get things going. It's really been democratized, the ability to actually generate value from, from analytics projects. So it's 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 great to hear, you know, in your real world environment that you're that you're you're seeing the same thing. You know, there, there I, I do also believe there is, you know, there, there is more institutional type infrastructure that you can build up in behind your reports and dashboards. And yes, that costs a little bit more money, but there's no reason why that has to be the beginnings of an analytics strategy or an analytics project. In my in my view, and that's you know from from experience of seeing how things can can evolve within within organizations. So yeah, I think I think that's a really solid point, and and, and it is one that I highlight personally a lot to people to people that and, and customers that we engage with as well. Is that you know just just get started. You can iterate. There's 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 nothing locking you in in a lot of cases these days. Yeah, you know I I, I this is something that's important for me as well. And there's there's just a number of ways to get started. You know I'll give you another example. You know sort of data governance and within data governance, data stewardship is a really important component for an organization, right? And so data stewardship, there are obviously tons of tools out there and technology that you can buy around it. But the core of a good data steward organization, let's call it, is people who understand the data, right? That's really the core of it. People who understand specific domains within the organization. You don't need money to bring those people together, share their hurdles and difficulties, brainstorm 
solutions, stand up a regular meeting schedule, et cetera, et cetera. Invariably, that's going to lead to a, man, I wish I could see this in even Excel, right? I, I just wish, I, you know, people start to talk about the issues they have with their data and like, oh, let's just put it in Excel. And then you start to outgrow that. And by the time you're ready to start spending thousands of dollars on technology, the organization has expertise around data stewardship. And so when you start looking at technology, you see the trees for the forest. You can sort of sift through the hype. You know, one of the issues that I see in the space is that there's the, the technological space is changing so rapidly and becoming so complex. And in some places it's bifurcated, you know, it's either open source or it's like really locked down from the IT organization, let's just say. And so there are all these parameters and it's hard to really navigate and say, do I want this or do I want that? But if organizations take that time to, to say, to actually learn and become experts in this field. Uh, so I'm talking about data stewardship, data science is another area. You know, there's this temptation to say, oh, we need to go out and buy a data scientist, hire a data scientist or contract with very expensive data science firm or whatever it is. Those are viable, reasonable, and sometimes necessary options, all that. But if you take the time to say, okay, let's really think deeply, you're going to have somebody who really knows the data and someone who really has built a portal or a calculation or, or, or VBA or something that answers the questions, kind of get those folks together, meet regularly, talk about what you already know, talk about what you wish you knew. And so by the time you're ready to spend that money in the data science space, whether it's on people or technology, you have a much better sense of exactly what your requirements are. And then you're able to like said, sort of sift through the hype. Nice. So what do you think in your experience is some of the key pillars to building a data culture or growing a data culture within within your organization. I think, you know, with the, the example you just gave, you know, a lot of you know, getting people together, communicating about about data seems like it's a, a it's a big one. But, you know, also, you know, is is there is it better to maybe do a self-service versus a centralized data strategy? Just just <sighs> maybe just expand on 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 how you feel some of those things fit into really embedding a data culture within within an organization. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so obviously I to me one of the biggest things is around so let me phrase it this way. Sometimes people will come to me and they will say something like, should we take tech should we invest in technology A or should we invest in technology B? And I will tongue in cheek say, it doesn't matter. Right. At the end of the day, it almost usually, almost always usually does not matter which technology you get if you don't know your requirements if you don't understand exactly what you want to get out of it. And so choosing the technology to me is a later steps, right? Like signing the check is the easy part in my, like I said, tongue in cheek kind of way. Really the hard part is getting the organization together, getting the organization to say, this is what we care about because this is what drives business value. Being really clear about what the business hopes to get out of technology, people, processes, et cetera, in this data and analytics space. So yes, for me, that is the first thing. We talk about like an analytics culture. We talk about data literacy or analytics literacy, right? And then making sure organizations are able to speak in the same way about the things that matter to them. So yeah, so that is that is really clear to me as one of the most important things. And then, so once you start to get on the same page, you know, a next thing that's really important for an organization is to sort of chunk it up, right? Is to not try to solve everything 
thing at once and not to solve one thing all at the same time either, right? Is to be able to build a roadmap around success in the space and then to sort of attack it as as it makes sense. Questions like, you know, centralized versus self-service, again, is to me is one of those questions is it's important that the organization understands the difference between the two and things like that, self-service and centralized. But it's, you know, self-service is going to be useful in some areas and not other areas. And so for an organization to be able to be flexible and to know when to institute what in the best way, you know, self-service doesn't mean, you know, everybody gets all of the data and they get to do whatever they want with it. That's not what self-service means, right? Self-service still means that you have, you know, an enterprise data model. You still have an enterprise data warehouse. You know, you still have really centralized, sometimes people talk about certified data and metrics and maybe visualizations, dashboards, et cetera. So built on top of that becomes something like self-service, right? Because, you know, you want to you want to be able to manage your resources appropriately. So, so th- those are some things that I would say are very important for an organization who's thinking about the value of and place of data. Nice. And so you mentioned, I, I mean, I agree with all, all of your comments there. I think that they are all 100% valid if, you, if you're looking to, to really build out a a solid data culture, a really solid foundation for a, a data culture. You mentioned data literacy, which is a topic that I, I like to think about. I, I actually think about a lot more n- now that I than I have in the past, just from a lot of discussions that I have, because creating data literacy within an organization is almost as important as all of the other things that you do around, around data. And I was wondering if you've had, you know, what what is your feeling around the current state of data literacy, like within you know, just general organizations, maybe ones that you've been involved in, but then also how do you think you can improve the data data literacy of, of, of your entire organization from, you know, because some people are analytically minded, you know, I presume, you know, presumably like you and I are analytically minded because we love this stuff, but not everyone is. And so how do you, how do you improve that within, within organizations? Yeah. You know, I'll start with, in my experience anyway, what I think sort of the state of data literacy is, you know, and I think it's on the, there, I think there, it's sort of like schizophrenic maybe on the one hand of it i would say it's very good you know we have analysts who are learning python or r or sas as a matter of course just that's just what they do you know and we're finding fewer and fewer people applying to you know data and analytics types jobs without significant programming ability without within a basic understanding of statistics you know with without you know they tend to have some minimal understanding of data science like how to put that programming and statistics together we're finding more and more executives who understand the value of ai as an example or of data engineering as a component of their data and analytics organization right so on the one hand i think it's it's you know significantly better than sort of when i started on the other hand and it's it's so complex this in this area this sort of job world is so complex that i think people misunderstand a surface understanding for a full understanding you know you start talking about things like hadoop or MapReduce, start talking about various technologies in this big data space or you start talking about the efficacy of things like deep learning and a lot of people tend to overemphasize the knowledge that they actually have and that can have an impact on how we build our 
organizations, we may emphasize certain technology or people in ways that we don't need to. And this isn't a, this is not a blanket statement. Some organizations really need to go full in on the most cutting edge technology, but not all organizations need to go all in on the most you know cutting edge technology. So it, it creates a I think a mismatch between what is necessary and what looks interesting and what looks like we should be doing it. You mentioned and it sounds like you're working on some really interesting projects there and I'd love to I'd love to get maybe like a high level overview of some of the more exciting ones that that you are involved in. You know things like you know it has has deep learning and AI made its way to say retailers? Like are there ways that you can benefit from some of this the, the advanced analytics that can be produced from utilizing the the, the latest technology around this? Yeah, I mean yeah, I can only talk about in you know the areas where I've worked and there's various ways that they they have been engaged. Obviously I, I you know I can't really talk in a lot of detail about it, but yeah. I would say that the you know there are ways that AI becomes important because of the around the clock, let's just say around the clock type nature of certain processes that you're trying to implement mm-hmm. and the, the speed at which it can iterate through various options or decision paths. So I'll leave it at that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it is an exciting field. And, you know, if you're if you're an analyst or you're, you know, I, I think there's this, this natural path for, for those with an analytical mind. I mean, historically, maybe you were really solid at Excel and now you've gravitated towards say like Tableau or Power BI, but then the next evolution, it seems like there's been a real democratization instead of sort of the AI and machine learning type technologies. And there's some no code platforms that are, that are, that are coming up and just making it super easy. And I think that, you know, if you are to generate value for yourself or to showcase your own personal value, you know, those are, those are some of the things that you might want, want to have a look at and, and, and evolve into. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, there's the, yeah, there is this growing, let's just say automated AI, automated data science type platforms, which in my opinion are in, you know, from what I've seen anyway, are certainly not in the mature phase yet, they, but they certainly bring value to an organization. It's worth, I agree with you that it's worth, it's worth vetting those platforms and identifying the ways that they can sort of fit into the pipeline. I think I, right. my opinion is that in the next, I don't know how many years they will become a core component of a data science capability within an organization. Mm. I don't think that they're there yet, but I think it's something that we should spend a lot of time thinking about. Yeah, nice. Yeah, look, this is this is this to me. This has really only been the last two or three years where organizations are, yeah. are slowly starting to see value, and then you're seeing this huge investment in in technology and platforms that are trying to to really enable organizations to utilize some of these algorithms and and models far more effectively than they you know, maybe have in the past. Yeah, I mean, it is an example of leveraging machines for what machines do best. Yeah. We just have to get to the point where, you know, you just want to have that history of data to show that they buy the value that we would want out of them. What, is, what are some of your views on the current technologies out there in the analytics space like what are what are what are some of your more preferred technologies that that you're using that you i know it's only we've discussed it's only it's only a small part of the the whole puzzle but is is there, is there some preferences that you have and and why so yeah so you know uh 
I will talk about it. I, I will just say, like I said, I intentionally steer away from, I mean, I, so I will talk about technology that I've used. Before I do that, I want to be clear that I think technology is driven by requirements, not by the technology itself, you know? And so I've had a lot of experience with tools like Tableau and MicroStrategy, you know, a little bit of Power BI and a little bit of Click, you know, I think that they uh, fit into those spaces and different ways obviously they have benefits over each other but they you know i think there, there can be a place for any of those sort of data visualization data management tools within an organization if you're small and starting off you know something that you can sort of buy off the shelf and spin up very quickly and your users can be up and running in 30 minutes to an hour is extremely beneficial if you have to scale up and you need more sort of support you need more robustness robustness and uh, integration with your data warehouse for an example that can create a different opportunity. You know, I, like I said, I was a data scientist. I lived the R Python debate for some years. Again, you know, my background is math and science, like I said, and that tends to lead people down the R path, which is where I did my, you know, the majority of my development years as a data scientist, I think tends to be a lot of computer science. And now sort of generally people wind up in the Python camp colleges, I think are doing more of that. Again, you know, I, I've been in organizations that were R only leaning R, but with Python, you know, I mean, just the whole range, I tend to really try to avoid those debates because what's right for the task is what, what I, and, and I also, as I've sort of gotten more into helping develop strategy, I think it's important that we think about the overall tech stack, right? And the complexity and the cost of that tech stack. And so sometimes the question isn't which technology or environment should we use? It's what's the overall picture of our technical environment or technical architecture, if you want to think about it like that. And what what choice, again, it's important to me, what choice does your organization make around the direction they're headed? And let's fit into that. Right. And what, what do you feel are some of the sort of key stakeholders you need to get in a room to make those more broader decisions around around data strategy? Like, are you, like, is, is do you see data strategy just as a pivotal function in, you know, driving, you know, moving a business forward, you know, in, in, into the future? And then, you know, who, who else should be involved in these these discussions early on? Yeah. So, I mean, early on, you know, like I said before, you know, you really want, so I talked about like, you know, executive sponsorship, you know, you need mm. the leaders of the organization to really buy into the data strategy. There's probably a step right before that, where you bring your data and analytics community together, the leaders in that organization, bring them together to uh, to to get together a proposal, right? Something to present to the broader sort of leaders of the organization, right? Mm-hmm. So as the leaders of the analytics organization, you may say something like, we know that this initiative is priority number four on the corporate strategy. We've identified the, you know, people process technology, et cetera, associated with that in this data space. And this is our recommendation to go forward with it. And so, you know, like I said, any leaders in the analytics, and that's across, you know, your information technology, your sales, finance, inventory, supply chain, all that would be really important to sort of bring that together. You know, once you're able 
to present that to the leaders of the org. I mean, I think it goes as high as you can get. I've been fortunate to work in an organization where we got the C-suite to work with us because it was the number one priority for the organization. You know, wow. we identified an initiative. It was the number one. The C-suite was involved and became the sponsor for the data and analytics strategy, right? And so, yeah, that provides a lot of air cover, a lot of scrutiny, and a lot of ability to sort of push forward with the recommendations. So that becomes really critical with a data and analytics strategy. You know, the last on this part of it in terms of bringing people into the room, you know, one of the concepts that can sort of derail things is the idea of ownership, right? And who owns the data strategy? I think I, I talked about this earlier. You know, the data strategy, from my perspective, is not owned by any one organization or one team within the organization, right? It's not owned by information technology. It's not owned, I wouldn't even say, it's not even owned if there's a strategy organization within the company. It's not owned by you know, the sales team or the finance team. It has to be owned by a multifunctional team that represents the consumers of data within the company. And the reason for that is if, if I say that I own the data strategy. Part of my data strategy is data governance. Part of that is, let's just say, data retention or data quality. Then I become the police, right? I become the police and everybody hates me because I'm telling them what they cannot do, right? right? So you can do this, you, can, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't go here, you can't have this, and you, you know, and it becomes a, a conflict. But if we think of it rather than as, you know, a police officer who's just telling you what you cannot do, and we think about it in terms of like community policing, where there's a part partnership within the community, between the community and the laws that govern that community, and everybody works together to, to bring them into reality. That's the environment that you want to create. Yeah, I love I love the collaborative ideas there. And I, I think that the, that is absolutely crucial. I mean, the reality is, is it's crucial to get any initiative done with an organization to have that sort of collaborative environment. So, yeah. you know, it's no different in yeah. the data and analytics space, probably just even more so prevalent because everyone in a lot of cases is, is quite protective of their data, you know, and they, and and they want to make sure you know, they want to make sure that the, uh, the information that is provided in a lot of cases is is what that you know is aligns with you know what they want to it to be seen. That can be quite political in some yeah, cases. Right. I, I've seen. Final couple of questions. What are some of the things you're excited about in the analytics space? What are, what are some of the trends that you're seeing? And you know what what's your vision for five years out in this yeah. space? Because <laughs> you know we've seen so much change. It's, it's it's honestly ridiculous how much change there's been in five years. You know since you know from five years from today. Yeah. So where do you think things are going to go over over the next five years? I, I think that there will be a transformation in what we think about as a, let's just say a data and analytics team. So let's just imagine that there is a chief data officer, right, of an organization. I think that the way we consider the organizational structure of that chief data officer is going to be transformed. Right now, we have, if you, if you look at the space from a data perspective, sort of just look at an organization as if you are the data within that organization, there are only usage patterns. There are not silos or walls, right? And organizations tend to create walls, right? And information technology, 
we talk about IT and the business, right? You got IT, information technology, and you got the business. But IT is 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 a bunch of different components, and the business is a bunch of different components. And I think mm-hmm. we're in this phase now where data and analytics, the chief data officer, or the VP of data, or whoever it is, is in a sort of wonky position, sort of aligned but not completely aligned within the organization. Sometimes it's under the chief marketing officer. Sometimes it's under the chief information officer or the CEO. I think we're going to start to think about data from the perspective of data. And, you know, we're not going to have a data science team over here and a data team over here, engineering separate, and this one's in IT in there. We're going to find, I don't know what the solution is, data from the perspective of data. And that, I think, going to transform on the organizations. On the technology side, you know, to me is, is a seismic shift, which is going to fundamentally change our environment. I think more and more, you know, you have your leading organizations that have been in the cloud, you know, sort of looking back at the rest of organizations in the dust. But in the next, I don't know, five years, if you're not in the cloud, you're sort of behind the laggards, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's so it's just going to completely train, change the technology environment. And we see that, you know, we think about like really sort of established organizations like MicroStrategy, like Teradata, you know, these organizations are working to move to the cloud and bring there a significant change. Right. And so we're going to that. I think it's going to have an impact on companies and, you know, individual workers and, and the skill sets that are necessary. Yeah, I, 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 I love hearing your perspective on that. And I, I really I honestly couldn't agree more. You know, the importance of that data piece within organizations has just gone through the roof in the past sort of decade. And it's just going to continue. It's exponentially growing the importance of having data as sort of like a key pillar of how you run your organization. Just that data immersion. I just think we're going to be even more immersed in data than, than you can ever, ever believe. You know, we're going to have things just like you'll be on your, I don't know, your Microsoft Teams or, or your Slack or whatever, and you'll be able to ask a question and you'll get an, you'll get an answer. You know, just uh, so much, so much. You, you might even be able to, on your phone, uh, bring up an app for your company and and start sort of like voice activating and inside, okay, sort of asking, okay, well, what, were the, what was the increase in website views yesterday and, and receive an answer? And I feel like, you know, just like with Google, we get answers on anything we could possibly want. You know, I think that's going to, the, the next evolution is we're basically going to have a Google on your own data. The immersiveness is is just going to be phenomenal. And you can, you can already sort of see inklings of us moving in that direction, but the maturity of the technology has a little bit more to go before we before we before we finally get there, but I, I I think that's where we're going. Yeah, and a key part of what you said, you know, a key enabler to what you're describing, sort of this Google for our business on our phone, is mm-hmm. the strategy. You don't get there by waving your hand. Your data has to be structured. Right, you have to have access to your data. You have to have organization come together and agree on what's available to be surfaced on this device and the security associated with it, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Stack on this strategy. Nice. Sorry, you were just breaking up a little bit there, but yeah, look, I I, I love how we're sort of on this, the same wavelength and and yeah, there's there's definitely things that you can be doing now to, to get yourself set up for that future. And, you know, there's, there's small things that you can put in place around your IT infrastructure 
structure, your your just general culture. And the quicker that you do that, the easier it's going to be able to, you'll be able to iterate onto these new platforms, these, these or, or integrate these new technologies or, or just new features to the current technology stack that you have. I think, Alex, why don't we... Yeah, we I we, agree we, 100%. Awesome, awesome. I think we've we've covered so much. I think we we might round up, we might round off our conversation here. Just before we go, have you got any any final thoughts, any final advice that you, you've you had experience in that we maybe haven't haven't touched on today? I think, you know, there's, you, you obviously you're, with your background, you've got a lot of things that we can all leverage off. So, you know, any any final thoughts before we, before we round up? I don't think so. I just wanted to say thanks for having me on, Sam. This has been a great conversation. I'm, I'm happy to talk about these things anytime. Yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoy it also and been a, been a pleasure to have you on. So, so thanks, thanks so much, Alex. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and leave feedback on, on our, on your favorite listening, listening app and, and also check out the, the video of this conversation on the Enterprise DNA TV channel. Thanks again, Alex, and really appreciate your time. Learned a lot and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. All the best. Take care, everyone. Thanks a lot. We'll see you. See Bye. you soon. See ya. Thanks for tuning in everyone. It's great to be connected and I hope you are enjoying the content we're creating through the Analytic Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this session, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of each episode as we release them. If you want to learn more about Enterprise DNA and the many initiatives we're working on, check out www.enterprisedna.co. There we have a range of resources to download events to attend, and information to explore. We're leading the charge around this new paradigm we're living in, where tools like Power BI can literally change how an organization manages, analyzes, and distributes insights that can make an impact. It's an exciting moment in the analytics space. So glad that you're on this journey with us. Take care.